Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They need to believe in this Jesus that you and I know so well. They need to know this Jesus the way we know him. But then he asks another question. How are they to believe in whom they have not heard? Good morning, and welcome to Peace to You from Peace Lutheran Church in Arvada, Colorado. Paul asks, how will people believe in him whom they have not heard? Many in our world have not heard of Jesus, and many have heard of him, but they don't know much about him. God's heart's desire is that everyone would come to know Jesus and be saved. We have our work cut out for us. The task is never done. Today. Pastor Tim reflects on God's passion for us and our purpose as his followers. Now, here's Pastor Tim. When I was a child, uh, for much of my childhood, uh, early childhood in particular, my grandparents lived in a small uh, community of Idaho, uh, in Idaho called Clover, Idaho. Wasn't much of a community, it was kind of a ranching area. And uh, one of the people that was a resident there was my grandma's brother, Uncle Eric. He was a rancher there in the southern part of Idaho. And uh, I loved to go to visit Uncle Eric. I loved to go there, and, and uh, we would uh, make forts and, and play hide-and-seek in the haystacks. Uh, it was fun to be able to pet the animals and get to, um, to help feed them. Uh, I, it was a particular pleasure for this nine-year-old boy uh, to be given the opportunity to drive the tractor home from the uh, fields. And I loved to go with my Uncle Eric and my dad uh, out in the fields and, and do some of the work uh, because it was so unusual for me. The best part, though, was to be able to go horseback riding. My uncle had this uh, horse, one particular horse, that uh, he would allow us to ride. He was a rather large horse, from my memory. His name was Cactus. He was over 20 years old. Uh, he was a retired rodeo show horse. Uh, when my uncle would ride him, he would run like the wind. He would turn on a dime. Uh, it was fascinating to watch him bow and do the tricks that a rodeo horse does. But when a young boy would get on top of him, or a young child was around, he would stand stock still. He wouldn't move. And when you would get on him and ride, he would, he would lope along, or walk very slowly, very carefully, very gingerly, because he was very careful with a child on his back. When my uncle, I was about nine or 10 years old, and my uncle came up to me one day and he said, uh, Tim, would it be all right if my grandson Jeffrey would ride with you? Well, if my uncle asked me to do something, I was happy to do it because I really admired my uncle Eric. And so he said, I said, I, sure. And he put the, his Jeffrey in the, in the saddle right in front of me. Now, Jeffrey was about four years old. 
And we began our walk across the road and, and into the next pasture across the road. And the questions began. What is the horse doing? Well, he's eating the weeds. Why? Well, uh, because he's hungry. Why? Well, probably because he hasn't eaten for a while. Why? Well, because um, I've been riding him for the last hour, hour and a half. Why? You get the impression, right? You understand where I'm going with this. I learned that day that, that four-year-olds ask a lot of questions. So now I have a question for you. What do St. Paul and four-year-olds have in common? They like to ask questions. But Paul doesn't ask questions that start with why all the time. If any of you have been spending a little bit of time in the Route 66 this year, you might have discovered that, that Paul wrote most of the books of the New Testament. And throughout of his books, he would, or letters, he would often ask questions. And when we, would, when we hear his questions, the questions that we hear are often questions that um, show us his passion, what he's passionate about. And when we listen to the questions, we get the impression that he wants us to answer those questions because he has a message in those questions. Today is no exception. In Romans chapter 10, uh, Ben just read a passage from that chapter, and he asked four questions. But they are not why questions. They are how questions. And we begin as we, we would step take just a few steps back in a few verses ahead of this in the beginning of, of Romans chapter 10, we realize what Paul is passionate about. He's passionate about his people, the Jews. His heart hurts for them. He wants all of them to know the good news of Jesus Christ. He wants them to know what you and I know so dearly about this Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But not just the Jews. He also has a passion for other people. He said between Jews and Greeks, there are no, there's no distinction. For everyone who calls on the name of Jesus Christ will be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is for everyone. And Paul was passionate about this. He wanted his people to know what you and I hear every Sunday here in this building, in this room. The message of Jesus Christ. That Jesus, the Son of God, was sent by his Father from the comfort and the glory of heaven to come to this earth. That he came to give us the, the good news of salvation. That he is that salvation. That he took our sins upon his shoulders. He carried them to the cross. And there on that cross, he suffered what you and I deserved. Our damnation, our death, our punishment. And he did it for us. He accomplished all of that, fulfilling the law for us. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again on the third day. And through that death and resurrection, you and I and everyone else on this earth have the, have the gift, if we believe, of eternal life. And you and I know that Jesus is the answer. When it comes to the question of what's going to happen in the future, what, when it comes to the question if, if there is life after death, Jesus says, I'm the answer. 
when it comes to life on this earth, when we struggle with things and we wonder if God is with us, Jesus is the answer. And Paul was passionate about this. Paul wanted nothing more than everyone, Jew, Gentile, didn't matter. He wanted them to know what you and I know. But here's the question that you and I have to ask ourselves today. Do we have that same passion? Do we have that same burning desire to share the good news of Jesus Christ with Jew and Greek and Gentile alike? Because if we don't, what are the ramifications? And so Paul asks a series of four questions. And this is the first question. How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How can someone talk with someone in whom they don't have faith? Because honestly, when you think about it, when we talk about one another, when we talk and have a relationship with other people, it takes a little bit of faith for us to talk with somebody else. We have to have faith that they're going to listen. We have to have faith that they're, they're going to be interested and they're going to accept us. We have to have some faith that if we're going to ask them for something, that they've got the ability and the desire uh, to give us what we need. Every relationship is like that, and that's true in our relationship with Jesus as well. We have to believe and have faith that, that he exists, that he's listening, that he cares, and that he has the gifts and ability uh, to be able to do what we ask and, and want from him. That's what faith is all about. And so these people, according to Paul, he said, how can they call on someone in whom they have not believed? They need to believe. They need to believe in this Jesus that you and I know so well. They need to know this Jesus the way we know him. But then he asks another question. How are they to believe in whom they have not heard? How can they believe in Jesus if they've never heard of him? Now, to, for you and me, that might be kind of an interesting question, right? Kind of hard to imagine. How many of you have known Jesus for a long time? How many of you have known Jesus your whole life? In Paul's day, this was a new thing. It was just a couple of decades after Jesus had suffered and died and risen People didn't know about Jesus. They needed to hear about Jesus. And folks, today we have that same situation. We have had generations of, of people that, that have not heard the name of Jesus. Grandparents know this. Parents may know this, Jesus. But they've neglected to tell their children. And we have generations, a couple of them now, that many of them have never heard Jesus. Now, I can't imagine that. Because, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. From the moment I was born, I heard about Jesus. My parents would pray to him. My parents would talk about him. My parents would sing to, about him. My parents would take me to Sunday school and to church. My parents taught me about Jesus. I can't imagine not knowing Jesus, and many of us can't. But there are people out there, a whole world out there, that doesn't know Jesus. And the fact of the matter is, how can they believe in someone they've not heard? Because there's something about this thing called faith. We don't just have faith. 
We don't just believe. We see those words all over the place, especially around Christmas. Believe. The thing about belief is that there has to be an object to that belief. And for us to really believe, we have to believe it's also true. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We know him to be true. He is the object of our faith. And people in this world need to know. They need to hear about this Jesus and what he's done for them. They need to have confidence that he will do what he says. And when they understand what you and I know, the sacrifice that he made, the fact that he left his throne in heaven to come down on this earth to die for them, when they understand the depth of his love and what he did to get them next to him, that inspires confidence for them to also believe. But then Paul goes on and he says, how are they to hear without someone preaching? Fact is, uh, a message needs a messenger. As we read on in this same chapter 10, Paul goes on and he quotes Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7. Beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now here's the image. A city is at war. They're being threatened by an enemy. Uh, and a king sends out his, his general together with an army and they go to battle. They know that a messenger will come back if and when victory is won. And so the king puts a watchman up in the tower, and that watchman is watching, watching down the road over the hills, waiting for that, that runner to come with a message. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can you imagine the joy in that watchman's heart when he sees, he sees in the distance over, the, over that distant hill a, a runner coming this way? Because it's sure to be good news. Can you imagine the, the joy in the hearts of the people and the hearts of the king when this runner runs in on swift feet and says, the good news, victory has been won. Folks, victory has been won. And we have a God who speaks. We have a God who speaks with a word that's powerful and does something. In the beginning, God said, let there be, and there was. Let there be light, and there was light. We have a God who's good for his word. He's made a promise. And in the form of Jesus, the word became flesh. And he dwelt among us. Jesus is living proof that God is good for his word. And when he makes a promise, he keeps it. Folks, we have that message to share with people. A God who speaks into our lives, and he speaks life and truth into our lives. And then Paul goes on, he says, now how are they to hear without someone preaching? And 
How are they to preach unless they are sent? God is in the sending business. He sent His Son Jesus down to this earth to show us the way of salvation, to be our salvation. And now this Jesus Himself is sending His disciples out into this world, and He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. <coughs> Jesus sends His disciples, and He sends you and me. We have been invited, not only invited, but commanded by Jesus to be a part of his mission work, to show salvation to this world. And folks, I know it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy because we're reluctant. We wonder if we're up to the task, right? It's not going to be easy because sometimes when we think about it, we have a world that is so many times and in so many ways hostile to the gospel, so to speak. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it because it, it hurts their heart for them to think of themselves as sinners, that, that they need a Savior. They want to do it themselves. Excuse me. <coughs> it's not going to be easy. But I've got good news for you, more good news. We don't go alone. Before Jesus gave this commission, he said this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is the man who's in charge. He's ruler over everything. And then he finishes his command by saying, and lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. This Jesus, who has been given all authority, who's God and Lord over all, goes beside us. He sends us on our way <coughs> with his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit is our guide and our counselor. He dwells within us, and he reminds us of the words that we're supposed to speak this Jesus sends us with his word. And folks, these words are powerful. Paul says earlier in Romans, he said, he said, these, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for the gospel is power of God unto salvation. These words are powerful. They're life-changing. The script is there for us. And this Jesus who walks beside us gives us the gift of prayer. He walks beside us. We can turn and we can talk to him anytime. And when we don't feel like we're equal to the task, we just ask him, Lord, assure me that you're with me. Give me the words to speak. And not only that, but he gives us his church. He's given you to me and me to you and you to each other. We're here to prop up one another, to hold one another up, to encourage one another, to hold one another accountable, to spur one another on. We can gather here every week in this place to be propped up, encouraged, so that when we leave this place, we can be about God's business. Today, I would like to leave you with two very practical ways that might help us in our witness in this task. First of all, this coming Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon, we're hosting a webinar 
you can go online. Um, I take out your cameras right now if you like, and, and, uh, and take a photo of this QR code. Using this or uh, the emails that we're sending out this past week and this coming week, we've got a link. You click on that blue link, and you can attend this Zoom conference talking about sharing your faith naturally. In just a natural way, some tips, how we might engage other people in a conversation about Jesus and share uh, a little bit about him with them, planting the seed of faith. I'd like to encourage you to join me this coming Saturday from 10 to noon. If you have any questions about it, call the church office. The second thing is I would like to direct your attention to the display over here on the, well, it's not there anymore. But some of you remember when Pastor Dave handed out some cards that looked like this. The card had a word, one, O-N-E, one, on it, and a line below with the name. We were encouraged to write a name of the one that we would like to share the good news of Jesus Christ with. The one person that we would like to reach out to that we might, they might be saved. And then, once we've talked with that person and they've confessed their faith, to turn that card around so it had this red word, one, W-O-N. <coughs> we moved that display from this wall to the wall at the exit over there. I'd like you to turn around and look at that wall. It's empty. Because we're moving that display again. This time we're moving that display to your home. On your way out, we're going to ask the ushers whether they would have these baskets available for you. We would like all of you to take one of these cards. Some of them will have names on them. Some of them won't. If they don't put a name in there, excuse me, <coughs> if they do, you may not know that person. Likely you won't. But I want you to take these home and display them someplace prominent on the mirror of the sink that you use every morning when you're brushing your teeth, on your refrigerator, maybe in the, uh, along the speedometer in your car, somewhere that will remind you to pray for that person, that one. We don't know if that person has been one or not, but we want to pray for their spiritual well-being. We want to lift them up to God. We want this to be an everyday task. It's not helping us much to have it displayed here if we don't take it with us. So please take a card. Right now, many of us are following the NFL playoffs. The tournament for the NFL playoffs works like this. If a team loses one game, they're done. We call it the one and done format. That doesn't apply in our faith, in our witness. If we <coughs> identify one that we want to witness to, and they come to faith, and they're one, W-O-N, for Jesus, we're not done. There's a whole world of, out there of people that need to know Jesus. We need to keep sharing this faith. We're not one and done.
And so think about those questions that, that Paul asked. How are they, how are they to um, call on the one that they have not believed? How are they to believe in the one that they have not heard? How are they to hear if someone isn't preaching to them? And how are we to preach if we're not sent? Folks, you have been sent, but you don't go alone. And so I would like to ask you to rise and hear the blessing, the benediction of our Lord. He promises that as we leave this place and we go about his life-saving message work, that he goes with us and he sends us with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you all and give you his peace. Amen. Good morning, Pastor Tim. Good morning. Thank you for that message. You know, Paul, Paul just amazes me. Yes, he does me too. And, and you refer to him so many times, and it's just the whole idea of the, uh, the how questions. And the how that struck me the most is how do they believe? How do they believe? Or how can they believe when they haven't heard? Can you expound on that? Yes, we, we live in a world where um, that we've got generations of people now. Uh, who haven't heard about Jesus. Uh, back when you and I grew up, back in the dark ages, so to speak. <laughs> Ouch. Um, uh, you know, people, it was, it was part of our life. You know, Jesus going to church, and it's uh, become less in vogue. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have generations, we have a world out there that hasn't heard about Jesus. And it's really important that they, they hear, because you can't believe in something that you haven't heard. Right. Uh, you don't trust it, you don't know it, and until you hear it, uh, you don't. And so what does God do? He sends you and me. And Pastor Tim, as always, we invite those folks that might not have a church home to join us here at Peace Lutheran Church in Arvada on 57th and Field, 8 o'clock for our early service. And then we have some Bible studies that we'd love to have them attend. And then we have our 1030 late service. God bless your day, Pastor Tim. God bless yours. Thank you for joining us. A peace to you from Peace Church in Arvada, Colorado. If you have no church home, we would be delighted for you to join us on any Sunday. Our address is 5675 Field Street in Arvada, Colorado. Our services are at 8 and 10.30 a.m. Bible classes for all ages are at 9.15 a.m. You can easily access our sermons online at www. .net, or at PeaceArvada at YouTube.com. Peace to You, in part, is a listener-supported broadcast. If you'd like to sponsor a broadcast in the future, call us at 303-424-4454. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast at no charge to you, contact us at the same number, 303-424-4454. You can access our sermons at any time by going to our YouTube channel, PeaceArvada, YouTube.com. Now, from the entire broadcast team at Peace Lutheran Church in Arvada, I am Reuben Hollenbeck, and may the peace of our Lord be with you today and always.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.